sparkling water. You guys, I shop at Kroger now. Uh-oh, are you from Northeast Texas? No. My mom used to work there. That's cool. And they have something called Ranger cookies. Those cookies are fucking delicious. Hot it's tip. no H-E-B, but here's Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. I'm all looking at my mic. I don't instead of Chris. <laughs> hey, Chris. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Ooh, is that, that a taco? Yeah. And I know Texas taco. No, it's not. It's uh, mine. And it's the same recipe we use in Texas. And the spice came from Texas. Same crock pot. Okay, then maybe it is a Texas taco. <laughs> Texas. Is that from your mommy? Yeah. Ooh, I never got to try her tortillas when I was in Austin. Tim and I yeah. just look awkwardly around like, uh... Yeah. I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't either. I'm sorry. I could try mailing you some, but they'd probably go bad by the time you got them. <laughs> oh, my God. That morning, she mixed it up, and we put that fresh butter on it. Oh, my, oh my gosh. God. That sounds amazing. It Fun fact about Wendy's, the collar, if you look at it, they redesigned it, and it says mom. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. I worked at Wendy's. Hey, um, Chris. For a couple of weeks. Chris <laughs> worked at Wendy's too. I I ended up busting a bag of grease outside. I was having to carry a bag of grease out to the uh, trash can out back. And when I was lifting it up from the whatever it was I was using to wheel it out, as soon as I lifted it up, it busted and all the grease went everywhere. And I remember walking in and being like, a uh, whole bag of grease just busted on the floor. And my boss was like, uh, well, you got to clean it up because that's an OSHA violation. <laughs> oh, shit. So, I pretty much quit right after that. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. That's okay, Tim. You doing you, you living your best life now. But I like Wendy's. My mom worked at Taco Bell uh, when I when, before I was born. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think she got fired for putting too much toppings on the stuff. I almost got fired from Papa John's for doing that, but it was my last day. I'll tell you what, the only way that I would fire anybody from, you know, a restaurant that I own for putting on too much toppings is if they put too much lettuce on my food because... Icebergs, yep. That's it. Like, I like, I I don't, I like lettuce. Lettuce is good, but... Lettuce isn't a topping, not iceberg. I mean, I'm not going to well, hate on iceberg, because I will eat an iceberg. I will have iceberg and ranch, and I don't care. It's a salad. Oh, I think that's good. No, that's good. I think I'm, I, I, in my mind, I'm thinking of, like, a Jimmy John's sandwich. Have y'all ever had a Jimmy John's yeah. sandwich? And then how much lettuce they load in those sandwiches is I ridiculous. have to take it off. Take really? Off. Oh, when I order it, I put light lettuce and the extra I avocado. But, like, today I forgot. No, yesterday I forgot. Oh, damn. Then it was a lettuce sandwich with a sprinkling of turkey and a little bit, yeah. like, one half a slice of bacon. Yep. I didn't I didn't put any bacon. So you need to. On I know. The I, so I ate a healthy sandwich. Mm. I like to get the veggie sandwich and add bacon. I know. And it's good. I tried it once. Okay, my daughter does that. She's like, let me get the, can I get a BLT no L, no T, and basically it's a B sandwich. <laughs> when did we order 
order tacos at work does bacon and cheese tacos. Do That's you? It. I put some bacon. beans on those. Nope. He doesn't like beans. Bacon, bacon cheese, and a flour tortilla. Is wow. that okay for his tummy? No, it's not. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he'll be telling us about that near-death experience here in a few weeks, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not because of tacos, but... <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was like, I don't think that's supposed to be in his diet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not hating on him, though. I'm not hating. I'm just... Yeah. I'm looking out for you. I'm not going to talk about anybody's diet. Y'all know I signed up for Biggest Loser at work. Yeah. So I'm far, trying to watch it. So far, I have lost the opposite of... Or loss <laughs> of gay. <laughs> We get it. You're skinny. (laughs) No, no, I'm not. But um, I feel like here you can't eat. (laughs) What? Challenge accepted when I come visit you. (laughs) I'm going to walk in. They're going to be like, oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Monica, you're banned. Don't ever bring your friend back here. (laughs) I want all the leek sandwiches. trying to leave this place <laughs> it's not what i came here to do it's a great place to work they're great people there's a lot of great perks it's a great location but it's not what i came here to do what did uncle adam say to be your best mindy kaling <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today i don't even know what we're talking about oh okay story <laughs> so you guys know how we interviewed our friend the veteran nurse and she was talking about where she lived, and she says that there's a cemetery not too far from where she lives. So, y'all, guess what? I did research. Um, what happened? And I found out a little bit about that cemetery, and there's some hidden cemeteries, like overground cemeteries where she lives. Like in her neighborhood? Like her neighborhood. And it's going to headstones, but they didn't move the bodies. Yes. Yes. Oh, we can't do that. Okay. That's so. How you get ghosts. Well. All right. So start over. So, so her house. Yes. Was built. Her house was built in the seventies and it only had one previous owner. And when we had looked it up before, we couldn't really find anything. So her house is in the Northern part of San Antonio near a community called Westmore. And that community was built right on a railroad. I'm reading my notes, so you guys don't have to look at me, just listen. So it was northeast of San Antonio in Bear County. And that area was named for Jacob Wetmore, who was the director 
of the railroad, the Houston and Great Northern Railroad. There was a post office there in 1890, and there was a general store by 1914. And I'm getting all of this from TSHA online. And then there was another one, Texas Escapes, that the same information. So I don't know who had it first, but I'll post both uh, websites up when we post the story. So around 1985, the population was about 175. And so now it's kind of like how we talk about Brody in Austin, how when you look at a map of Austin, you see like there's a Hyde Park area, there's Brody, like it's just different areas of the whole city. It's just like a, like a little suburb. So I was looking up that cemetery. It's a great old cemetery. It was dedicated to people that lived in that area. There's uh, heroes from the Alamo there. And I wanted to know a little bit more about what's going on in that area. Are you tying up your hair too, Tim? I brought, I brought my new rag. My new rag is over here. I wasn't gonna put it on until y'all are done, but I, I can wait. I didn't know you were gonna stop your story. I was just messing <laughs> <before> the camera. <laughs> There's pictures of that cemetery. It's a beautiful little cemetery. Lots of families. There's the uh, Saul family. I believe there's a Schultz, the Orr family, a lot of graves in there. And so I wanted to know a little bit more about the town. Well, when I started Googling about the town, someone was talking about a section of that area and how there was a graveyard there. There was a hidden graveyard. So I looked up the story and the story comes from the Press News. So that's San Antonio's newspaper. And the story that I'm getting this from, I'm getting it from several stories by Vincent Davis. This one is Local Architect Presents Histories of Two San Antonio African-American Communities. So when I looked it up, what I found was that Westmore bordered African-American communities. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. You've got a railroad junction. You've got kind of a German enclave. And next to that, you have African-American communities. So after the Civil War, a lot of Black people right during Reconstruction were able to buy land. And even a little bit after. And so they created communities where it was just... Black people, because everything was segregated. It was like, well, we'll have our own churches, our own schools. We'll just do our own thing here with our family. So several diff- different families had settlement. And where the elementary school down from our friend is now, a father was walking his child to school. And you can go through the neighborhood and kind of walk your kids to school. And there's an empty lot there. What? An empty oh, lot. An empty- uh huh. Okay. And so every time they pass it, the kid would ask, "Hey, what's in the empty lot?" And the dad was like, "I bet it's a cemetery. Ha 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 ha. Bodies. Ha ha. Just like making a joke." So this person, who is Air Force Major J. Michael Wright, decided, "I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna see what's going on." So he got with several historical societies in the area, and uh, it was a cemetery. It was a little hidden cemetery. It was Were the there no. That's the thing. There aren't any more headstones for that cemetery. And there are actually several in that area. This is just one of them. Let me move this. Hang on. It's more of, instead of just that neighborhood, it's that whole area. So that area of San Antonio right now, it's been developed like they developed it in the 70s. But it's kind of had a resurgence. And so a lot of little wooded areas are kind of getting taken over again. Like there's new construction for houses down there, even though there are houses that have been there since the 70s. This cemetery ended up being the Hockley Cemetery. And it was originally owned by a free black woman. She originally lived in Hayes County and then she settled in Bear County. So she was born 
in Alabama in 1830. Her name was Jane Warren, and she bought about 107 acres in 1873 in that area of San Antonio, which it was just Bear County. Like the, the city limits were way in. So this was outside of San Antonio proper. This was just Bear County. And so, yeah. And so she was kind of a badass. Like she had her own cattle brand. They weren't really giving out to black people and they definitely weren't giving out to women. And she bought that land and she was married to a man named Wilson Hockley, but she didn't take his name. She was like, I'm Jane Warren. I'm gonna do me. So when she, mm-hmm. so when she died, she <laughs> left that land to like her kids and they set aside that little, it's like half an acre for the cemetery. In some of the property records, it says it was closer to an acre, but when you look at it and I can put up some of the pictures I have, it's, not that big. It looks like a quarter acre. When they started developing this land, like really developing it in the 70s, they brought a bulldozer in. Bulldozer does its thing. Bodies come out. Yeah. Oh, God. And so the people that were working in the construction were like, F this, we're not coming back. We're not doing it. And so they put up boundaries where they th- where they thought the cemetery was and built around it. And of course, that history... Because the family wasn't there anymore. They weren't there in that area, in that land anymore. They're still around. Like, they're still descendants from the Hockleys that live in that area. But because, and there's a lot of shady dealings going on also with some of the land that's in that area. And a lot of tax issues and a lot of things changing hands. And so when the people that came to research found out what was going on. A lot of their research came from oral stories, came from just pieces of paper that people had stowed away, like books or like little receipts, things that they had kept in like shoeboxes. It wasn't official, like an official deed. A lot of it was just kind of passed down. Like this is, this is where we used to be. This is our land. So it was really kind of a complicated story when it comes to who owns this land, what happened, why do they not own it anymore, what's going on. So with that cemetery, it's just the school, they built it up, they built the neighborhood around it, and they just kind of forgot about it until this retired Air Force major just decided, you know what, I'm going to do some research. And so he ended up getting a lot of the historical societies in San Antonio and Bear County together. And they actually did a cleanup in the area in October. So it doesn't look as bad as it used to look, but it's still very overgrown. There are a lot of flags that are up there to depict where they think bodies are. And yeah, like you, when you look, um, I've got some pictures. And I think I'm going to um, go ahead and sit. Well, I think I'm. Need to send those to you guys. It's just like an empty lot. It's open. And there's little flags everywhere that demark where people used to be. So that's... Like the little flag? Uh-huh. Just like a little, like, bloop flag. That's one of the cemeteries. So, you know, when we go to our friend's house and you go to Loop 1604, like you take the loop to get to her house, there's yeah. that restaurant that's on the corner. It's... There was a cemetery under... Yeah. Yeah. So there's another article that I found and this one's really messed up. You guys like this is the one that's, it's like really, I mean, it has like good, good parts of it and, and not so great parts. And and while you're looking for that, so in the article, it tells you that they moved these graves. Yes. So this one is removal of remains in Africa, old African American cemetery. 
And down the street is the Holy Cross Cemetery. It's a Catholic cemetery. It's beautiful. Grounds are kept. It's wonderful. It's what you think of when you think of, okay, we're going to a cemetery. And uh, they have very nicely kept. People are there. When we went, it was at least a dozen people there visiting loved ones. They volunteered to take these bodies when they moved them and put them in the cemetery. That being said, it was like, well, why didn't anyone tell the family that they were moving? So back... Yes. So back in the 70s, something happened with the land that was there. And this is what used to be the winter cemetery. So we talked about the Hockley Cemetery. This is the winter cemetery. Something happened with the developer. They were going to build on that land. They needed these bodies moved. And I don't know how they contacted the Holy Cross, but the Holy Cross said, we'll go ahead. We'll take, we'll take them. And a lot of these people were Episcopal. They weren't really Catholic. And there are still people who are in the Winters family around San Antonio. Like they aren't gone. They're, they're there. And so, um, whenever, uh, the research was done for the Hockley cemetery, no one was able to find a really good contract of why these people were moved from the winter cemetery and put in Holy cross. So in Holy cross, there's supposed to be a plaque saying, there are 66 members uh, moved from a cemetery that was in this place to here. It lists out some people and who they were and the date that they were moved. But I wasn't able to find it when I went to Holy Cross. So I don't know if it's on the side. I don't know where it is. But also, where do you put 66 people and in a grave that big and have just a plaque? Like, yeah. that? there's not enough room. That's weird. Like, you would think you would put up these different people. So... According to some family lore, there's about 100 people in the Winter Cemetery. And according to the records that Holy Cross has, they moved about either 66 or 72 people. So there's still people under that restaurant. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I didn't even go in because I was like, I, I don't know if I'm going to have people that I can ask the stories of. So they moved maybe the headstones, but not all of the bodies. God. Like... That's crazy to me. And does it, well, does we I definitely want to eat it. I'm not going to eat there. <laughs> what were you saying, Monica? This weird stuff happening. I mean, I would think so. Or I would think you just get like an eerie feeling, but it just looks, the thing is like you have the restaurant, then you have the parking lot, and then you have like space in the back that's just there. And it's kind of like y'all didn't want to put anything up next to the, but honestly, no, go ahead. Maybe they couldn't. I don't think they could, because I think all of that was kind of shady. So, so um, oh, go ahead. Uh, do you think OSHA protects against ghosts and other entities like that? I think it protects against dead bodies under your place. I mean, shouldn't Not it? Not like the side effects of dead bodies. Well, according to the article that was written, and I can't believe I didn't have her name. Like, I'm horrible at this, you guys. I got, I'm going to have to put it up later. You're doing um, better than I am. There, there are, hang on, quote unquote, as Fly pursued his research, and Fly is an archaeologist that helped with the Hockley Cemetery. So they were all doing this research, and they're like, oh, what about the Winters Cemetery? As Fly pursued his research, it appeared that the remains from the Winters Jackson Anthony Cemetery had been moved illegally. And so they can't really find... Any Like, there are five deeds with specific references to a Negro graveyard in legal descriptions of the property, but there's nothing else other than that. 
Like, it doesn't say, hey, this belongs to these people, and we should let them know. When Jackson and the others, all members of the African Methodist Episcopal Church, were moved to a Catholic cemetery about a mile away, Fly said, quote, unquote, the families were never contacted. From his own research, he knows it would have been possible to have traced them through available records. He was unable to find state-required permits for disinterment and reinterment of their remains. So it was like the property owner who is now dead, the property owner that did this transaction, he's now passed away. It just seemed like they just wanted to get it done as quickly as possible. And they were looking for a place to put these people. And so they put and them I in Holy Cross. That, that, that they just like, yeah, we'll move what we can and then we'll just build over the rest. But yes. That's very possible. Yeah, and it seems like that's what they did. I mean, it's really nice that the Holy Cross Cemetery and that community opened their cemetery up for these people. But it didn't have to go down in the way that it went down. It didn't have to yeah. be shady that way. Because I, I just don't think it was done in an appropriate fashion. But, you know, when all of this was going down in the 70s and 80s, I mean, what could you do? So that was the Winters Cemetery. And Mr. Winters is super interesting. So he is a former slave. Um, Robert Bob Winters was born into slavery. And they had a copy of his emancipation. So when the Emancipation Proclamation made it to Texas, his owner freed him. And his owner had been at the Alamo. So, of course, Robert had been at the Alamo. And uh, he actually, when he freed him for his faithful service, quote unquote, he gave him two horses and he also helped him buy land. So um, E.C. Alsbury is his former owner. And they have, like, that family is still around and they have a lot of documents and the Winters family is also connected to the Griffin family. When they were doing a lot of the genealogy, they found where the Winters family and the Griffin family, they have like people in common. And the Griffin Cemetery, that's the third cemetery. And this one is the, is the best maintained and it's clearly marked. Like you can, you can absolutely see it. When I went a few weeks ago off of Wetmore Road, there's a subdivision off of, I think it's Thousand Oaks. Or I'm not so good with directions, but <laughs> there's a subdivision, the Oak Ridge subdivision, and the Winters Griffin family got together with this subdivision when it was built and said, hey, this is our family cemetery. You guys own this land now. What can we do to help maintain the cemetery? And the HOA from those communities got together and said, we'll take care of that cemetery. So when you go there, it's like a nice wooded area. There's a playground on the side and there's a little area that's fenced off and it has maybe about a dozen graves and they're really tall. They're very old. Some of them, they aren't really legible anymore. So when I took pictures, I couldn't tell who was there, but it's clearly marked. There's a plaque on the front that says Griffin Family Cemetery. Um, it's very nice, very nicely maintained. And it just, it looks like they really put some care into making sure that you could still come and visit your loved ones. So we were there, we took pictures. Um, it was very nice. And I think they did a very good job. And I think that's a great example of how these things should happen. Like if you maintain it, you look at, make it look nice. It's not really, it wasn't really creepy. The creepy parts came in with the Hockley Cemetery, how people just forgot it was there. Like, I feel like that's creepier than having in your subdivision a little family cemetery that's nicely maintained. So, and there are so many different, um, I'm going to put up the links, let people do their own research, but it just made me think how many different things are under 
where we live right now. How many different things are under different buildings? How many different people that were really influential in those little parts of history? Like, oh, this was the first woman to own this kind of land here. How many of those people are lost? Because we don't have a record or we didn't really care at that time. Debbie Downer. But, I mean, the good part is it's been found and it's been maintained. And they're working on getting these to be Texas historical sites. I believe the Griffin family, theirs is a Texas historical site. So That's really And we went to all of the locations. We went to the Wetmore Community Cemetery, Griffin, Hockley Cemetery, and both the Holy Cross and what is left of winter cemetery which isn't a cemetery anymore it's a restaurant we did not eat there though did you visit our friend when you went to the cemetery funny you should ask i was on my way to go to the wetmore cemetery and i heard this car just honking at me and i'm like who the hell is honking at me it was her so we ended up going back to her place huh what's her name veteran nurse (laughs) well because she's both I could have put veteran nurse mom icon. I could have put that. Yeah, big sister. Yeah, maybe I should have badass. Servant of Nina. (laughs) We all are. And then um, as far as her other stories, you guys get on the History Channel because all of the tunnels under Wurzburg, it's all on the History Channel. Like, it is some fucked up shit. I couldn't imagine it's been in the night. It's crazy her story about waking up to seeing somebody in the room uh, have you have, i mean on the history channel have you seen have you heard of other stories of those tunnels being haunted yes there's a really good reddit um no sleep which i know is fiction but just the fact that someone knew those tunnels existed and then there are different service people that have served there that you know have their own kind of stories but yeah, she, she th- those were some great stories and she's a great storyteller she told them really well too and yeah i was kind of i was spooked yeah well i asked our friend who had seen the owl woman on i-10 if he had any stories and he said no <laughs> he had no army stories he had no he was in the air force and no he had no oh, air force stories oh he was in the air force uh-huh have you ever seen him in his uniform no He's got some pretty good pictures of him in the olden days when he's in his uniform. I wonder if my aunt has some stories because my cousin was actually born in Germany and my aunt was stationed there and in Korea for a little bit. Well, I had someone who was joining the army who was joining the army years ago and I tried to get them to kind of like, I was like, hey, if you find out aliens are real, can you like let me know? And they refused. What? Yeah. You know, why don't you? Because it's true. Yep, sworn to secrecy. What do you mean they refused? Like, they refused, like, once they joined, or they refused when you were, like... Well, it was before they had actually joined. Like, they were in the process of joining, and I said, hey, if you find out that aliens are real, can we have a signal where you let me know it's true? And they said no. That's weird. I'd say yes. That aliens are going to come out and say, dude, we kept this secret for like 60 years. But the thing is, it's not really a good secret because everybody knows. Yeah. So Saturday night, or I guess Friday night into Saturday morning, in the middle of the night, you guys. <laughs> what happened? Oh, no. Tell us, tell us. No, but like, it's not that big of a deal. But I heard an owl, like right outside. I, I never hear an owl. You guys, there's an owl outside our apartment. Yes, yeah. I swear to God. 
I lied in bed, just kind of just listening to it for a little bit, and I was like, mm, I need to go to bed. I'm not scared, though. Tim should be. You guys, there's a moth outside of my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an owl. Sorry. It's a moth, man. It so might Tim, be. You didn't have any scratches or anything, did you? Well, I mean, I do, but of course they're cat scratches. That's what they want you to think. Yeah, I know. Nancy. Yeah, I've never heard an owl outside of these apartments before, so that was really spooky. But Are you uh, doing bad stuff? But it was mostly spooky because I was like, well, great, now I'm going to have my cat out on the patio and then an owl's going to swoop down and grab her. But I heard, we've had an owl here, out here. We've also had coyotes. So the thing is, just don't go outside out here at nighttime because the coyote's going to eat you and an owl's going to take your remains. Just don't even. Mm-mm. And that's, that wraps up this episode of the Spooky Chat Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Forrest Wilson for our music. Pub Gallows. Monica that's loves it. Instagram. <laughs> We're on Instagram. Spooky underscore chat underscore podcast. Send us an email, spookychatpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Come to the Facebook because I'm going to post those articles um, so that you can do some more research. And look in your own neighborhood. Tell us, like, hey, my house was built on this, this, this. Like, do you guys remember in Poltergeist that was when... Like, the whole idea of suburbia was kind of blowing up. And so I'm sure there are a bunch of places that it's like, oh, this family cemetery, we got to get this out of here so that we can build up all this stuff. So um, No, I am actually, when we get finished with this, uh, I'm probably going to turn on Poltergeist and go to bed. I don't Caroline. know how you do that. Love scary movies. Caroline. No one's not that scary. That's Except one. when the skeletons are in the swimming pool. Those are real skeletons. I know. What? Yes, That's those were real. They, they, I don't know if it was an accident or what, but after it happened, they told the the actress, and she was like, "Wait, do what now?" I do like it when she comes out of the other side and she comes back. She has that gray at the front. I'm like, "Dang, you looking oh, good, yeah. girl." She looked good. Poor Caroline. Poor Caroline in the movie and in real life. Didn't yeah. She, yeah. Didn't they die? Yes. Stay safe, spooky babies. Did I tell y'all we did The Void on Saturday? It's a VR experience. How was it? Awesome. I felt scared like I was going to fall. I almost said it was Adrian Brody there, but that's not it. It's not. Who's the guy you, Adam Driver? Logan Lucky. (laughs) <laughs> no, he wasn't there. <laughs> walkie, walkie. I Have you gone to Prospect Studios? No, I haven't. 